Hello and welcome to a brand new year with the Partial Historians. I am ever the Radness. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm always the Greenfield. Exactly. Welcome one and all. We're very excited to be back I know. in this month of Janus. Yeah, a, new, a, new, a new year. Uh, the fasty begins again. Indeed, it does. I liked I liked your little pun this morning. Oh, thank you, thank you. Later. Let's get this fasty started. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now we did uh, deviate somewhat from our narrative in our last episode, so I feel like we should recap a little bit where it's we were. It's actually been to. quite some time since we've done anything on the history of Rome from the founding of the city. Exactly, which is but our we current are, obsession. Yeah, but we are <laughs> returning to it in this very episode, dear <gasps> listeners. Okay, so where we were up to was we just had a massive set-piece battle in around, we think, maybe 494 BCE between the Romans and those ungrateful little Latins. <laughs> <laughs> the Latins. Oh, who needs them? Exactly, yeah. The Battle of Lake Regulus. Mm. For those of you who have... Yes, famous for the appearance of Castor and Pollux. Yes, on the battlefield, apparently. Mm. Yeah. The twins, hello. Mm, apparently. Did they appear nude? I don't know, actually. <laughs> These are the questions that ponder my brain. <laughs> we'll never do. <laughs> I'm a historian. I need all the details. But hey, you know what? If they did turn up, it was, uh, it was good for them because they got a temple out of it. Nice. So, exactly. Sweet. What more can you ask as a god? <laughs> yeah. So it was a quite significant battle, um, yes. particularly for the appearance of Castor and Pollux Indeed. and the temple that uh, is connected to them. Mm. Um so 494-ish, yes, we're around, around about. That, around that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so this is a big deal for the Romans, um, at least, you know, in, in, well, <laughs> this looking, is looking back in their history. Because Tarquinius, the yeah. king Tarquinius also dies. Yes, after at that. This, yes. yes. Not during the battle. Not during no, the battle, sadly. No. Yeah, so King Tarquin, who they've been trying to get rid of for ever so long, is mm. finally, I think he finally sort of gives up a little bit. He's getting quite old. He is very old at this stage, yeah. and he kind of carks it after the battle. Exactly, yeah. He's in, he's in exile, and he dies. And so it's kind of, yeah, that, that turning point battle where finally the Tarquins <laughs> are uh, gone, it seems. It's done, guys. <laughs> yeah. It's done. It's it must done be deal. done now. Exactly. It's been so long. Yeah. So this leaves us with... Um, the aftermath of the battle and what is going on in Rome. Yes. And it's actually, this is a hugely pivotal moment in Roman history. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> because we've got external problems seemingly solved. Or are they? Well, we have external <laughs> problems that appear to be solved. Yeah. Only to find that ah. we're about to hit a massive internal, internal. problem. Okay, cool. Well, yeah. before we get up to that, I'm just going to flag right now that in my account, because I'm following Livy's um, history from the founding of the city. He flags it being around this point that the first Saturnalia was ce- celebrated, just oh. FYI. Oh, yeah. Ooh. well, I do like a good Saturnalia. Yeah, I mean, we talked about that numerous times in our videos. Yeah, but, uh, but what, yeah. yeah, but you know, it's still important. It yeah. happened. Exactly. Religious developments. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so that was something I just wanted to flag before we before we total off on our That's not the way. internal issue that we're going to be confronting no. in this episode? No, that would be a rather small issue. <laughs> No, well, think- actually, what we're going to be dealing with in this episode is what is known as the struggle of the orders. Yes. 
This yes. is the massive conflict that arises. It's basically class warfare. Communists, are you listening? Now's <laughs> your moment. The worker is about to rise. Exactly. The proletariat is angry and they demand their due. They unite. Ah, in spectacular fashion. They do. They do. <laughs> um, so in this moment, this is also referred to as the first secession. Mm. It's dated to around about 494 or 493. Yeah. And the plebeians, this underclass if you like or the working class the blue collar man the guy who puts on the soldier's uniform and stands in the battlefield and gets (laughs) hot and tired and then does yay when the battle's over (laughs) that guy these people emerge as a political force they really do now in my account um, there's a little bit of build up to this uh, the outbreak of this struggle yeah which is basically um, even though even though the Romans have apparently just kicked ass at the lake, lake side. Um, <laughs> Down with the water, bro. Yeah, there are apparently still those who would seek to engage them in conflict. And I'm talking about the Volsky here, Dr. G. Oh, look, you know, they're an arrogant bunch, the Volsky. I know. <laughs> um, so while we said, like, you know, it seemed like external pressures were over, they're not. Um, we're yeah. just building up for another enemy. It's, 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 it's basically, like, I, I think the sort of the segue that leads to arrive <laughs> into the struggle. Because it's basically, like, okay, it's so basically... There's got to be a straw that breaks the camel's back. Exactly, yeah. So within this little, you know, because as we said, although it sounds like such an epic battle, really the Romans are fighting neighbours. <laughs> at this point in time in a very you know in a smallish surrounding area look they haven't gotten far out of Italy no well, or out of Italy or at, out all. at all yeah exactly no, no. Yeah. so the Volsci you know in that that regional sort of uh, area yeah. I suppose backyard skirmishes yeah and basically they had wanted to help the Latins at the lake mm-hmm. but they uh, but the Romans were like oh we don't really want to fight you and the Latins <laughs> so they had moved quickly to avoid coming to a conflict with both the Latins and the Volsci. Okay, okay, so the Volsci had been aligned with the Romans at the Battle of Lake Regulus. Then the battle's over, and the Volsci are like, free reign, guys. <laughs> yeah. Temporary alliance is over. Um, now is our time to make a move. Yeah, and so the Romans are like, let's seek vengeance against these Volscians. Okay, and the Volscians <laughs> weren't really expecting it. They were like, but we hadn't gone through with the plans. We just wanted to help them. <laughs> <laughs> and we'd given you hostages and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so they're a bit like, what the? <laughs> and the ro- Say what? Exactly, yeah. Um, so they've given up 300 hostages, apparently, mm, at mm. this point in time. Yeah. It's quite substantial. It is, it is indeed. Imagine how, how many people are 300 people? <laughs> what? <laughs> Maybe the better question is, what does that look like? Oh, I think you, mean. <laughs> like, I'm you know. Sure wait a minute, three hundred. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's. I'm aware of what question I asked. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I'm not as intelligent as I appear. <laughs> I'm glad for once it wasn't me saying something really weird. Anywho, okay. So as you can imagine, even though this is seemingly being settled through the exchange of hostages, mm. the Volsci is still a bit like, you know what? I'm not happy with this situation at all. The Romans, I think, are taking, you know, taking our intentions a little too seriously. After all, do not actions speak louder than words? We didn't actually help the Latins, so what the... And so they start plotting in secret against the Romans. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so they're talking to the Romans and they're like, yeah, sure, we can negotiate. And in the background, they're actually fortifying all of the exactly. villages and towns. Exactly. And they're also talking to other people. They are. Um, they're talking to the Sabines. They're talking to the 
uh, as yet uh, ever unmentioned in our history. Hernetians? The Hernetians. Yes, I knew you were going to say that. Because <laughs> um, goodness me, I don't know where they came from, but I suppose they're living on the other side. Again, I'm it. presuming in the local area. Oh, yeah. you, know, <laughs> yeah. you know, they're not big fish, small fish in a large sea. Exactly, um, yeah. And so uh, the Latins are also in communication with the Romans at this point in time, but they there's are. a lot of like background uh, dealings going on. Yeah, and the Volsci are like, now we should also prepare for war. Yeah, and the Latins, <laughs> some of the Latins are like, you know what? We just kind of had a really major battle, you know, <laughs> by that lake. Don't you remember? Oh We're kind God. of still still traumatized by that experience, <laughs> and so some of the Latins decide. To refuse to join. Oh, yes. So, I, okay, I'm very excited. I'm going to take over the narrative. Please do, please do. I'm going do. to Dionysius of Halicarnassus all over this. You go right ahead. Right. Because as usual, you probably have about five times more material uh, than I have. <laughs> okay, when I tell you that, like, three quarters of book six <laughs> retain or pertain to the struggle of the orders, I'm not lying to you. Wow. I'm, yeah, I'm tired. Mentally you, tired. I'm just going to point out, listeners... This is why, in some ways, I can sometimes be the more intelligent person <laughs> because I picked the shorter account. <laughs> mm, mm. You have like ten sections to read through, <laughs> exactly, and I've much, got about yeah. a billion. All right, okay. So it's four ninety four BCE, Indeed. approximately. Yes, our consuls for this year are Appius Claudius Sabinus mm. and Publius Servilius Priscus. Okay, yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Things that you need to know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was hanging out for that console update. Oh, look, that's how we're marking the fasti. Indeed. I is. know, yeah. I know. This yeah. is important. Yeah. All right. Yeah, when so. we say BCE, we have to remind our listeners that, of course, mm, the Romans mm. would not have been using this system. <laughs> <laughs> they don't use numbers. No. <laughs> no. Not for dating the year. Um, so they're in charge and they're like, okay, we need to do something about this Volsky issue. Yeah. And the plebs are like, we're not going to take the military oath. Um, mm. And the consul's like, mm, that could be a problem. Indeed. We can't really do anything until you take the oath. Because you're kind of like the guys that fight. And, stuff. Mm. Mm. <laughs> and the plebs are like, well, look, you know, we're having some issues um, paying off our debts. Yeah. There's been a lot of campaigning going on. Uh, we don't get paid very much. Don't know if you've noticed, guys. No, because uh, at this point in time, I think we've probably mentioned this before, but it, it probably bears repeating. Rome does not have a permanent standing army no. of any sort. No. No. There is no professional army. No. We're really, we are really are talking about a period when apparently it was, you know, if the state needs you, you leave your farm or whatever occupation it is that you have. And, I mean, if you are of the class... Yeah, yeah, you yeah, you agree. Yeah. You make a decision yourself personally going, yeah, I can help out this year. Harvest has been good. Sweet as. Yeah. You know, I will go and do the thing because that is my duty as a Roman citizen if I can to do so. Exactly. And it makes sense because if you are, I mean, let's face it, a lot of the people who are in the plebeian class at this point in time, they would be farmers and that sort of thing. Yes. And so they want to protect their lands because if they don't join in and fight the war, then they might find they lose them. There is incentive exactly. to help out. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. You are defending your own land as well as everybody else's. Yeah. But the problem is, if you're always away at war, then well, you get into a bit of a cycle with the farm issue. You do. Yeah. You do. Who's taking care of the farm? One. No one. <laughs> uh, the ladies. Yeah. The and unmentionables all, in history. And we all know that they're useless. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Patriarchy. Yeah. Um, so... The women are taking care of the farms, mm. um, maybe some slaves, um, if you're rich enough as a plebeian to have any. Yeah, which you might well be. Yeah. Well, you may. Yeah. Uh, and the plebeians are 
using their own funds to kit themselves out yep. and to maintain themselves on campaign. Exactly. And this is what we mean about, like, there's no professional army. It's up to you. Yeah. yeah. So you've got to purchase your own equipment. You've got to make sure that you can last the distance. Sometimes you need to take out a debt. Sometimes that debt is purchased against your body. Yeah. And sometimes as well, when you're away, you find that your farm, you know, you, you know, during the war, if the war is nearby, you might find that your farm is trashed, you might find it's fallen into mm. disrepair, you might find that you have to pay taxes on it. And that's another reason why you can get into debt. Yes. You know, giving, you know, giving some, giving, paying your dues, you may not be able to do that anymore because you haven't been there to, you know, do the harvest and that sort of thing. And it's, mm, yes. Yeah. And so all of a sudden you become poverty stricken. Yeah. And this is a good point. So the plebeians are arguing that they're unable to pay their debts. Yeah. Worse still, that the creditors are being completely unreasonable in their demands. Yeah. They're saying, look, you know, I can't anymore. So they're under pressure as well yeah. it seems that there's enough debt going around that the creditors are like well I've got to get my money from someone exactly and so what they're doing is instituting a process of debt bondage yeah, where absolutely crazy it, it, it? it does yeah. sound like a kind of madness yeah, yeah. Um, but bear with me yeah um, because when you don't have anything else to borrow against in terms of assets you only have your body left yeah and this is and so essentially you're kind of risking selling yourself into slavery yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this is what's happening the yeah. the creditors are calling on these debts and yeah. they're saying, look, you know, your body was up for grabs. I need it now. Exactly. Um, yeah. So there's this idea around uh, a dictii, um, formal surrender to a magistrate. So you, once it's acknowledged that the creditor owns your body, mm. you as the debtor in question have yeah. to go to and peer in front of the magistrate and say, yes, I surrender myself to the creditor mm. in my body and go into this quasi-servitude. Yeah. Um, and what this means is that they get out of... Um, the reason why you'd sell yourself into servitude is because the other penalties uh, for not paying the debt are worse. Yeah. Um, Believe it or not. Just, yeah. just so we're yeah. clear. Yeah. <laughs> you can be killed. Mm, um, tasty. Or yeah. actually sold as a slave. Yeah. So the difference being that if you go into this quasi bondage, yeah. there might be some opportunity to pay it off. Yeah, it's like um, you can kind of work it off. And yeah. also, yeah, you're owned by a Roman rather than being sold yeah, to anybody yeah. who wants to purchase a yeah, slave. Yeah, which could be freaking miles away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've got this idea of, it's called debt bondage. There's yeah. a Latin term for this, nexum. Yeah, and um, I, th- I think I think the feeling is that the plebeians at this point in time, they're like, in case you haven't noticed, guys, Rome's been fighting a lot lately. <laughs> That's I what we do. Everything that we've talked about. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's taken us a long time to get to 494 BC. Exactly, yeah. Because, precisely because there are so many battles going on. Every year is a campaign year. Pretty much. And, and multiple campaigns yeah. every year. And that's just it. They're just like, guys, in case you haven't noticed, there's been a lot of war and, you know, we've been doing <laughs> our part and stuff. So we kind of feel like it's unreasonable of you mm. to, you know... <laughs> Make us go into this debt bondage thing. Yeah, yeah. When really we're doing it in service of the freaking state. Yeah. Like, what the... <laughs> Haven't you considered that we're doing this for us? Exactly. And maybe you need to demonstrate some leniency here. Exactly. Um, yeah, but no, no. The consuls aren't really particularly happy about that. No. Um, and they're like, okay. So what happens is that we see a split between the consul's perspectives and you know as far as like Dionysius and his history is concerned this might be purely rhetorical um, to have these two opposing consuls yeah of course nevertheless um, what his narrative suggests is that 
um, Servilius, Publius Servilius Priscus, takes the cause of the people. Mm, And he says, okay, we've got this situation with the Volsci. We really need to deal with it. I'm going to propose an abolition of debts, or at least a reduction of debts. And failing that, I'm going to forbid anybody to be taken to prison um, whose obligations as a debtor are overdue. Um, And please just take the military oath. And what we'll do is we'll revisit this issue once everything's calmed down. Yeah, with the whole Such, issue. Yeah, 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 such a patrician move. We've yeah. seen this so many times. So yeah. the patricians get themselves into a spot of bother and they're like, guys, guys, just work with us for this time yeah. and then we'll deal with it. And inevitably they don't really deal with it. I'd like to turn this a Band-Aid solution. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, oh, <laughs> it's yes. really hurt when they have to rip it oh. off. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. such a mandate. And the thing is that this is the sort of solution that they've proposed before to similar yeah. issues in the past. Mm. And the trouble is that the situation is under, there's so much pressure around this situation now that the band-aid is just not going to work. Mm. Welcome much. to the struggle yeah. of the order. Yeah, and this is exactly it. Like, I'm just going to flag now, although we are going to be talking about this particular moment in time, this is essentially something that seems to go on for roughly the next 200 years. Like, this isn't something that's going to be solved once and for all, that's all, folks, for quite some time. So it's something that's going to pop up um, at intermittent uh, points in our narrative. Well, this is class struggle of the highest magnitude. Exactly. There is not going to be a quick fix. In the same way that we see today that, like, the work of feminism is almost never over. Ah, yeah. Um, Feminism. (laughs) Yeah, but I feel like this is, like, there's there's parallels to that. Yeah. Um, The idea of a class struggle means that people who are disenfranchised have to rise up continuously and repeat and repeat um, the points of their own disenfranchisement and why they should be treated differently until it is no longer possible for those in power to pretend to be ignorant. Yeah, and this is the thing. I mean, particularly, I think, in the ancient world, um, and, you know, what we are, I suppose, looking at more and more even these days now, is that you really don't have, like, a middle class, per se. It's really the very rich Mm. and then everybody else. Oh, the 1%. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Screw those guys. (laughs) Well, the thing is, we, I mean, as we've talked about before, we don't even really know for sure who the patricians actually are. Like, how are you a member of the patrician class? You know, and and how, and and thus, how are you also a member Uh, of the patrician? I was born that way. Yeah. Clearly. Look, you can talk to Lady Gaga about that. <laughs> the patrician knows. Look at it. <laughs> Your profile just screams patrician. But that's it. We don't really know what's going on here. Like, we don't even know if this is, like, once an ethnic divide or whether it's, you know, it's purely a wealth thing. It's Look, hard to know, how, know these, how these differences arose. I think these things arise the same way that they arise any time in history. It's yeah. opportunistic. It's whosoever's in the right place at the right time and whoever fills the power vacuum first. Yeah. Those and then they the start to who, write their history as yeah, though they were as always it, in charge. Yeah, as yeah. if it was legitimate. And yeah. it's, it's never legitimate. It no. just, it's just what happens. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. I totally distracted us from our narrative, as I tend to do. <laughs> All right, it's fine. I think they were good points. Yeah. <laughs> and I got to talk about feminism. Exactly. All right, Check. so. <laughs> Check. Okay, so. Uh, this means, this struggle leads us to a point where the plebeians like, no, we're not going to take that military oath. Um, we've got all of this problem with debt and we don't necessarily, there seems to be some real gaps, but what seems to pop out as a result of these sorts of factors is the idea of the tribune of the plebs. 
Yes, yeah, because I mean, I actually, before we dive straight into that, I might just point out that uh, Livy's narrative is quite dramatic. Ooh. Well, it would have to be because he's yeah. condensed yeah. all of like Dionysus' hey, book you know six into like ten sections. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. <laughs> but um, I just wanted to point out that in Livy's narrative, which is you know follows roughly the same uh, trajectory as your your point, um, in that you know we've got the the plebs basically being upset about the position that they are in, mm-hmm. the fact that they feel like they've been fighting for the state, and yet they come back and are being pretty much enslaved by fellow Romans. Yep, thanks seems, a lot, guys. Yeah, seems wrong. Um, and then, you know, we've got this whole set piece where basically there is this particular centurion. Like the, 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 Basically, the plebs all come into the forum, and they unite. <laughs> and there's this one particular centurion who, you know, has fought really well in all the wars and oh, the battles. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. I have and some he details. And he basically yeah. tells his story, like, you know, mm. trying to psych everyone up, basically saying, I've lost everything during mm. the wars. Um, you know, basically, um, my territory and all my goods were lost to the enemy whilst mm-hmm. I was away fighting. Then I had to pay tax. Then I got into debt. Then I had to pay interest on the debt, and I completely lost my farm. And then I was taken into prison and tortured by my creditor. You know, and it's like this mm. sort of story that everyone's like, "Oh, whoa, whoa, what <laughs> is And they really That's get all of us. Yeah, exactly. They really get worked up so yeah. much so that in my version of things, I don't know if this is in yours as well. The senators are actually quite scared for their own safety. <laughs> oh yes, they and they should be. So yeah, yeah. So I have this account. And this is in Dionysius of Halicarnassus, Book Six, Section Twenty Six. If nice. you're interested. So this elderly man appears in the forum. His beard has grown long. Yeah. It's an important detail. The Romans like to be clean shaven. Mm. He's calling out for this. in mourning. Yeah, mm. oh. <laughs> <laughs> for his own life. Exactly. Yeah. And the loss of his potential. Pretty much, yeah. Um, and he's crying and he's calling upon the citizens for assistance. And this is an interesting moment of an appeal for auxilium. Appeal mm. for help from the people, which is a legitimate thing to do in later Roman history. Mm. But this might be the first literary account of this kind of thing happening. Right. In any case, um, he's doing this appeal to the people and they get worked up and everybody's crying and there's lamentations and they're doing womanish things apparently. Um, (laughs) Must mean they're showing their feelings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Showing (laughs) showing a bit of their feelings. Exactly. Um, (laughs) And so they start to break out other economic slaves um, they break into creditors' houses nice. and release the slaves. No, I don't think Livy mentions that at all. <laughs> yeah, so this is good. Yeah. Um, so these people, these um, enslaved, uh, these economic slaves come out of their houses, their hair is long, they're in chains and fetters, so they're treated worse than just a normal slave. Yeah, because normally you look after that shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like it's property, you'd look after that. Exactly, um, yeah. And so... Everybody sort of rises up and it becomes violent. Mm. And um, this means that um, Appius Claudius Sabinus, one yeah. of the consuls, he flees the forum. Mm. Um, and But Servilius, he starts to make some proclamations. Yeah. Um, so we, if we position Appius Claudius Sabinus as the, like, you know, down with the plebeians. They they know their place. You know, they should just Pretty do much, what they're yeah. told. And this is this is again um, something which is probably it probably is accurate because this particular clan. Um, the Claudii, they're kind of known for being reasonably conservative. <laughs> they're pretty douchey. Yeah, <laughs> throughout history. Yeah. Um, and these are the descendants, aren't they, from those guys that came over 
<laughs> a long time ago. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, yes. Yeah, those guys, you know, those guys that came over uh-huh. from like, you know, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> don't worry, don't worry, listeners. I have well, no idea what she's talking well about. Well, back, you know, well back in the regal period, we were talking about how, um, you know, Appius Claudius came over to the Romans from the. Oh, Sabines. yeah, because he Hates wasn't his name. He wasn't yeah. treated fancily enough exactly, there. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I just think that. Anyway, <laughs> side note. Yeah, yeah. Connecting the dots, but mm. anyway, yeah. There's a family personality coming through. Yeah, but yeah, in my account too, Servilius is basically kind of um, seemingly uh, having to sort of listen to the the suffering of the people. Yeah, and they're, they're recounting the all the wars that they fought mm, and all the crap mm. they've had to put up with. And yeah. yeah, and it's kind of it's really sort of dramatic in Dionysius' account. Servilius throwing off his purple bordered robe Ooh. and casting himself in tears at the feet of each of the plebeians with difficulty. Prevail- each of the plebeians. Each of them. <laughs> all the thousands in the forum. Yeah, he he abased himself to each of them. This is like the story about. Augustus greeting every senator by name. It sounds like bullshit. Oh, it takes so long. But they didn't have the internet, so maybe they had plenty of time. That's true. Um, <laughs> casting himself in tears at the feet of each of the plebeians with difficulty. Yep. Still with difficulty. Even after that, prevailed yep. upon them to remain quiet that day. Okay. And yep. to come back the next day, assuring them that the Senate would take some care of their interests. Yeah, so. well, see, in my account, the plebeians, they basically are an angry mob and they demand <laughs> that the Senate assemble. Assemble? Yeah, oh, yeah they are. Oh. They're like, we, we, yeah. we really well, want to Well, Libby's got to rush through the narrative. Yeah. <laughs> come on, come on. Um, so he has a herald make a proclamation that no moneylender should be permitted to take any citizen prisoner yeah. um, on account of private debt until the Senate has come to a decision concerning this issue. Right, okay. It was like, stop everything. Stop People, what's that sound? Everybody. <laughs> no, just, just no. This is getting awkward. Well, you know, I wasn't even going to use that song today, but it just seemed to, you know, fit the mood. Pause, yeah. everybody. There's something happening. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, they do the thing. Okay. They're like, come back the next day, everybody. Yeah. We'll figure this out. Um, so apparently, everybody gets together and, you know, they argue backwards and forwards. Yeah. And, and this is this pretty much, although it's probably... Sabinus is, uh, continues to be anti-plebeian. Yeah, exactly. Even though apparently everybody was too scared in the Senate to meet <laughs> until finally, you know, they're basically pressured into it by the thought that the violence might get worse if they don't. Mm, <laughs> Appius mm. Claudius is still like, let's be harsh and make an example of these guys. Even worse, when they do have the meeting, um, according to Dionysius' account, it gets sidelined by the fact that the Volsci are still a problem. And they're like, yes. actually, we're still going to have to defer this internal political yeah, crisis that's it, exactly. because we've got an external threat, guys. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe we should be dealing with that. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just it. Basically, in Livy's account, news of a Volskian attack on Rome hits. Yeah. And yeah. obviously everybody freaks out. <laughs> but the clerks are actually excited by this because they feel like it's a sign. <laughs> it's a sign of divine vengeance for the tyranny that the patricians have been exercising over them. They're also kind of excited that they might be taken prisoner by the Volsky and treated better. <laughs> <laughs> food, glorious food. They're like, let them come. Exactly. Take me now. Yeah, exactly. I'm a prisoner in my own state anyway. And as you can imagine, the senators are like, well, this is a problem. <laughs> calm down, calm yeah, down. Yeah. Please, please, yeah. we'll look after you. Exactly. And the plebeians basically say, no, <laughs> no, 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 we are not going to fight. It's no longer to our benefit mm. to have any part in this enterprise. Like, you're not making it worth our while. 
It does mean it does mean that uh, the only way that they can bring them around at this point is Servilius has to make yet another proclamation. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, because he's a guy that they feel like is their, their man. Yeah, yeah. That while um, this army that they, they they gather together to go against the Volki is uh, doing its business, yes. that no one should be able to see, sell, or retain the house of any Roman who's marching in the army. Yeah. Um, so you can't have your property stolen from you or yeah. taken as part of your debt uh, payment. While you're away. Yeah. Um, no one can stop anybody who desires from joining the campaign from joining the campaign for any reason. Yeah. So you can't be a creditor and be like, look, I don't really don't think you should. I own your body at this point. I don't really don't want you to be killed by the so Volsky. kind of like the manless criminals to fight in the First World War. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, money lenders, all of their... Uh, um, Capacity to call in debt has been paused, yeah. frozen. Yeah, and in my account, I don't know if Sartorius mentions this in his promises in your account, but uh, in mine, he basically tries to play on the fact that, look, you know what? The other thing is, it's really not honourable to <laughs> fail to even fight. <laughs> Do you really want that on your conscience? Ooh. The fact that you just stood there <laughs> and did nothing? Where is your honour? <laughs> oh. Yeah, no, no. It's all about the cash, bro. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, that, that bling. The main thing, definitely, the thing that comes through in Livy's account is that now that this is like you know, enlisting is basically a way to ensure that you won't be enslaved. Everyone's yeah. keen to take. Yeah, the yeah. They're like, I can't yeah. be enslaved if I enlist. Not only that, the creditors have been told that they must lend money in order to fund my uniform this exactly. time. Exactly. Sweet. Let's enlist. Where I'm do in I the sign? army again. Where do I put my little X? <laughs> <laughs> Let me sign. Exactly. Let me sign. Yeah. Um, so it takes some really dramatic measures to get them on board. Yeah, but um, it works. But it, it works. works. Yeah. It works. Yeah. Um, Band-aid successfully applied. Yeah, yeah. It's like putting another giant band-aid over one that's already there. And yeah, exactly. the best. Yeah. But they are putting on a tourniquet. <laughs> hey. Hey. Yeah. hey. Yeah. Now, in my account, the uh, the Volskians have obviously got wind of the internal problem. <laughs> because they were kind of hoping that by attacking mm. at that point in time, that they would um, benefit from a whole lot of desertions due to the internal divisions. Mm-hmm. But of course, that is not the case. It never really works that way. Yeah. I mean, the Romans always sort of pull it together. They do. Surprise, they, they, do make, they do make some bonehead moves all the time, <laughs> but eventually they'll pull it together. <laughs> and that's really, I think, the secret of their success. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm a bonehead, but it worked out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, if anybody uh, considers the Romans to be strategically successful, you've got another thing coming. Yeah. Um, it's mostly just flying by the seat of their pants and just happening to pull it off. Yeah, and really the uh, the determination to fight to the very end. Like they they never give, they don't often give in. Yeah. yeah, it seems like a dumb move. Don't give up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, in this account, it works because once again, immediately the Romans win. They, they rout the Volskian oh, rabble. Yeah, they fall suddenly and unexpectedly upon the Volskians. Yeah, because the Volski are like, well, they're in chaos. They'll never find us. You know, we're just going to sit on the border here and tinker. Um, <laughs> And, and the Romans mind, yeah. turn up and they're prepared, unprepared. Yeah, and the Romans mm. basically capture their camp, plunder it, solid. Yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah, and uh, Suessa Pamicia is also captured and plundered. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which apparently is good news because all this plunder, of course, 
helps out with the whole poverty of the plebeian soldiers. Excellent. Exactly. Excellent. Yeah. Money, money, money. God, we've just got so many songs today. <laughs> yeah. And so this means that uh, the Volskis have been roundly uh, defeated by yes. the Romans. Yeah. And so Appius Claudius Sabinus um, takes all 300 of the hostages of the Volskians that they have. Nice. Brings them to the forum. Mm. And scourges them in the sight of everybody, which means like hitting them with sticks yeah, yeah. a lot. Um, it's painful. It sounds painful. Yeah. It's not pretty. No. And then beheads them all. Mm. Well, mm. that's that's really not a nice way to go. Yep. So there's mm. your afternoon's entertainment, guys. Yeah. So basically they decide on peace with the Volsky after that, and they take land as well in... Uh, yeah. As, as a penalty, I suppose. Yeah, and I think the Volskis say yes for now. Yeah. Because, uh... Our whole thing, like, even when you guys were eternally divided, we couldn't kick your ass. You're so <laughs> magnificent. <laughs> maybe, maybe you're quite attractive in this life. Yeah. Now, I don't know if this is the way your account goes, but then, of course, you know, you can't ever not have a conflict looming on the horizon, right? <laughs> when you're Rome in this point in time. And so even though you think, oh, maybe some well-earned rest, but no, <laughs> conflict with the Sabines is looming again. Surprise! I know. It's Surprise? Not, it's not a full-blown conflict, though. Mm. Okay, mm. as Livy describes it, and I like this, it's a tumult rather than a war. Oh, a, a tumult. <laughs> yeah, basically it seems mm. like the Sabines were conducting raids, which is kind of... What do you expect at this point in time? Well, I'd be conducting raids as well if the Romans had internal divisions and were fighting the Volsci. Yeah. Now's the time to come up the rear. Yeah, exactly. So they're they're ravaging around. They're burning farms. Ah, see? Burning farms. Yeah. Feel the burn, plebeians. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And so they send off Aulus Posthumius, the... uh, aforementioned dictator of oh, the yeah. Latin War. Yes, yes. Um, to go off there with the cavalry. Mm-hmm. And uh, the consul Servilius, mm-hmm. our man of the peoples, mm. um, basically follows along um, <laughs> with the infantry. Well, you know, what was essentially the infantry then. And they pretty the much... The foot soldier. Yeah, they pretty much put paid to that as well. And then, you'll never guess what, more threat of war. Oh, oh, no, yeah. pause, okay, pause, pause, pause. Um, so yeah. before we get into the the like the the Sabine uh, tumult, yeah. um, we have this moment in Dionysius's account right. where after the um, beheading of the Volsci and stuff, yeah, um, Servilius is coming back to the city. Right, he's been triumphant and he wants to have a triumph. Okay, um, and he's like, it's going to be amazing. I'm going to have a triumph. Um, and this is a triumph. SFYI, I'm trying to be better about explaining things that we've previously explained mm-hmm, again. Mm-hmm. Triumph is basically the very special victory parade. A very parade. special victory parade. Yeah. Well, you kind of get to step into, you know, sort of almost feel like a divinity. Or yeah, you get to be God for a, day. for a day. Yeah, exactly. It's very exciting. Yeah. Um, so he demands a triumph. Um, and uh, Sabina opposes it and gets the Senate to say no to the triumph. Okay, I'm going to swear now because I feel like <laughs> I feel like it's justified. What a cock this guy sounds like! <laughs> I feel like it's mostly rhetoric. Yeah, um, nonetheless, you but... know, but build up, build up the strong contrast between the two. Like Indeed. you just can't respect uh, Sabinus at all, um, and you have to fall in love with Servilius because he's the man of the people. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like the fact that he's sticking to his principles. Look, you know, Servilius yeah. is like my Obama right now. <laughs> That's right. You know, yeah. the man of the people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we have Sabinus and he's like, nah, 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 you can't have a triumph. Servilius is like, I'm personally insulted. As you would by be. By this. Yeah. And, and then he behaves with an arrogance unusual to the Romans. Well. 
And since I always think of them as being highly I arrogant, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I don't even I don't even know how to make this. I'm like, really? There's something beyond what they already possess. That's what I kind of like about the Romans. That they're always yeah. very sure of themselves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so this is what he does according to Dionysius. Okay. Having assembled the people in the field before the city, right? He enumerates his achievements in the war. Um, told them of the envy of his colleague. So I think this is where the arrogance is coming through. Um, And the treatment, uh, terrible treatment he's received from the Senate. And he declares from his own deeds from the army um, that he has shared the struggle with the people. Mm, And he deserves the authority to have a triumph in honour of the glorious and fortunate achievements he has shared with his troops. Ooh. Ooh. He's a smoothie. He's Ooh. a smoothie. Ooh. <laughs> Those plebeians, they'd all be like wetting their pants right now. Yes. Oh, oh, oh no, that was a bit of cum. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he yeah. orders for the rods to be crowned and he crowns himself. And wearing the triumphal garb, he leads the procession into the city without any authority to do so from the Senate. What and he sends to the Capitol, he performs these vows, he consecrates the spoils, and the patricians hate him. Yeah, that's, that's, that's ballsy. <laughs> but the, the plebeians love him. Love, love him. him. Love him. <laughs> oh my God. A man who truly cares for us. And wants to triumph us. Celebrate us. Yeah, I'd say he got the, the lion's share of the, the Yeah, glory so like power move. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, okay. Wow, he's he's quite uh Smooth. Yeah. Smooth. Yeah. I hope he's attractive. Hmm. Okay, yeah, so right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad we got I'm glad we did get that out of the way, because basically, um, I'm at the point now where, okay, they've put down this whole little thing with the skirmish with the Sabites. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's yet another threat. Wait, is yeah. this the Arunkians? It is the Arunkians. Never heard yeah. of these guys before either. Yeah, I have a feeling we've talked about have them, we? but, they're, but they're minor. They're minor, yeah. Uh, and basically the Arunkians... It's not going to go well for them, is no. it? <laughs> the Arunkians apparently come along and say, we are going to go to war to you unless you withdraw your troops from that territory that you took from the Volskians. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, and of course, yeah. That's know, our territory. Yada, yada, yada. There's a battle. Yeah. Victor Roma! <laughs> Bloody hell. Details, is. details, yeah. details. But this is... The reason why I say that, though, is because it's at this point in my narrative mm. that the conflict of the orders really, really starts, to heat, starts to heat up. Yeah. Because basically, um, after the Romans have finally put down all these many enemies <laughs> that yeah. seemingly surround them, they can no longer dismiss the fact that they've got issues at home. Exactly. And should mm. we should we pause there? I think we should because this right. is this has kind of covered the whole narrative, if you like, of yeah. four ninety four slash four ninety three. Yeah, and so the, the build up and the build up this, to this. Yeah, what is going to be this struggle? Epic two century struggle. <laughs> epic, epic. So epic. I don't think there's actually any other struggles that go on for quite as long as this in Rome. Well. Like, you this know, is, this is significant. Yeah, yeah. Look, we'll revisit this topic we at will. the end of our history of Rome from the founding of the city. Indeed, epic struggles. <laughs> Which ones took too long? Which are your top five? <laughs> <laughs> top five struggles, guys. Top five struggles. Oh, and that's goodbye from Hamish. <laughs> <laughs> Fare you well. Indeed. 